Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free, free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And we have Narcissistic Central on, which is a once a month show, and this is where Nancy Missler and I get together and we talk about all sorts of topics about narcissism and you know there is such a gamut of topics to talk about with narcissism it seems like we really never do run out and today's topic is going to be a really good one to listen to for anybody that has suffered narcissistic abuse or has gone through um, a very painful relationship in the past where they're not sure what it is or how it is and I think what's really great is more and more people are starting to learn about narcissism and they're starting to understand about narcissism. And really from the empowerment point of narcissism, it's very, very important to understand what a narcissist is, what the dynamics are of narcissism, but it is equally and even more important to understand our part in it, what was on our unhealed parts, where was our boundary, uh, our boundaries deficient. What was it that we needed to heal within ourselves to become a true self, to be able to pull away from narcissism, which is so much about false self. So it really is a battle of light and dark. You know, if we can put it in a very simple way to understand. So this show is all about that. We're going to be talking all about that. So. For anybody that's listening in, uh, and the main people that listen into this show are from Australia and the United States, but there's also quite a few people from the UK and Europe, So, and welcome to any first-time listeners. Now, if you have any questions for the show, you can absolutely dial in. It's a USA dial number, which is 347-989-1262, and for anybody out of the USA, you just need to put your exit code first, then a one, then that number, which is three four seven nine eight nine one two six two. And the chat room is also open, and I'll be keeping an eye on the chat room throughout uh, this show. So if you have any questions or any comments, you are more than welcome to put them up in the chat room so that I can see them, and uh, either Nancy or myself can answer them for you. So this show today that Nancy and I are going to be talking about is, now I'm just going to actually introduce Nancy because Nancy's 
sitting there. So, Nancy, thank you again for coming on. Yep, my pleasure, Mel, and hello to all the listeners once again. I think this show will probably be kind of an extension on what we did on um, Empaths a couple, uh, couple of months ago. So that I agree. Actually. I agree, totally. And that Empath show has, uh, you know, so many people have passed that on and so many people have listened to that, which is really, really good. And it's actually circulated quite a lot of the narcissistic abuse recovery um, uh, forums, which is which is fantastic. So I, I agree yeah. with you, Nance. I think this show is is really going to be uh, very, very much about that, and very much into that um, whole spiritual psychic enmeshment phenomena. That because we say it so often, and it is really, really true that a, a relationship with a narcissist, when it breaks down, and it does is nothing like a normal relationship breakdown and break up. And this show is going to be a bit about that as well because we've all said and we all do say it that you could never even imagine that gut-wrenching, soul-destroying, crippling body feeling and that that addiction and those hooks that just they just don't feel normal and... You know, everybody from the outside is just like, well, you get over it. You know, what is wrong with you? Move on. You moved on from other relationships. Why aren't you moving on from this one? So unless you've actually gone through it with a narcissistic relationship, you really can't even fathom what it feels like. And the emails I get every day are, you know, why can't I let go? Why do I keep, why do I love him after everything he's done? Why can't I get him out of my head? Why, why, why? You know, and why can't I uh, concentrate on my life? Why can't I function? Why Why do I feel like he's crawling in and around and under my skin? And, it, you know, that enmeshment is, is horrendous. And this show is very, very much about this whole light and dark thing, this whole enmeshment process, what what is it that's going on here? So in this show, just to announce this show, Nancy and I are going to be talking about an incredibly interesting subject regarding narcissistic abuse. Why do narcissists get attracted to good people? What is it that they want energetically? What happens to our light and our connection to good when we become enmeshed with a narcissist. Anyone that has experienced or is experiencing narcissistic abuse will be totally fascinated with this show. It's highly recommended that if this has been your reality, that you listen to this show because it is going to explain so much to you. Okay, and really highly recommended that if you know of anybody that's in a relationship that just doesn't make sense, where they're getting abused and abused and they're acting like they're crazy and they're losing the plot and they're losing a grip on life and they can't let go, well then definitely put them onto these shows. Pass these shows around. Uh, put them on your Facebook so other women can find them and men of course because this is an epidemic situation that is going on on our planet, narcissistic abuse. So the more we know about it, the more we understand about it, the more we can heal and the more we can also prevent it happening and the more we can educate our children and the people we care about. So it's not going to happen to them. So 
Okay, so we're going to go into this show, Nance. And Nance, really, you know, you've been a part of the Narcissistic Abuse Forums a fair bit. You've met a lot of people that have been narcissistically abused. I've met a lot of people that have been narcissistically abused. We've both been narcissistically abused. Now, I would really say that we can safely say that virtually everybody that is narcissistically abused is a good person. Yes, most definitely. They're they're probably the loveliest people that you'll actually ever come across anywhere. I mean, especially if you get on the forums, you see a whole group of all these women and they are just genuinely really caring, nice people. And all of them are. So... It's yeah. the ones probably that um, haven't really healed, that are very still very re- reactive and hurting. But you know, but underlying that, they are not narcissistic people. They are still very genuine, caring people. And uh, yes, which went back so, to our show, didn't it, about empaths? So you know, yes, anyone that's, that's right. listening to this show, definitely go back and go through the archives and listen to the show that Nancy and I did about why narcissists are attracted to empaths. Because that, you're right, Nancy, that really preludes this show. And just to quantify that again, it is good people. It is good people that narcissists go after. And really the reason for this, and I want to look at this at a deeper quantum reality. I want to look at this at an energetic reality. I want to look at this at the way I like to look at everything, which is, the deepest truth of what is going on. And when we understand narcissism, we really understand that there is this gross, intense emptiness within a narcissist. A narcissist, because they don't have the neuron pathways of compassion, love, connection, oneness, conscience, empathy, they don't. They're disconnected from... Energy, they're disconnected from life, if you like. So it's very like the model of a vampire. A vampire was a dead person that actually had to suck life force out of humans' blood in order to survive, in order to exist. And very much the narcissist is the same. The narcissist, and you'd never want to be a narcissist. You really wouldn't. You know, there's a lot of people, and initially we did it too. When you stand from the outside and you look at, and you know, they've often got the holidays and they're spending the money and they're buying the bigger and the better and they're doing all this sort of stuff that looks like they're having this really fulfilled existence. And the reality of that is all of that is props, which is actually not giving them, it gives them brief hits of egoic delight but there's nothing of substance going on there where they can actually feel alive, full, happy, content, connected, at one. That just doesn't exist. They're only getting hits of props to try to get to that, but they can't hold it because it doesn't exist. It's not within them, is what I'm saying. So narcissists, We'll go after light. And if you look at what we could call light, light is life, light is creation, light light is life source, it's energy. 
And it's and you think of everything on this planet, you know, if we had, and that's probably what our ice ages were, where a meteorite hit, the the sun got blanketed out, nothing could live without light. Now, narcissists are not alive. They can't live off their own energy because they're disconnected from the light. So what they have to do, rather than being the authentic source to themselves that is connected to the light, they have to steal light in order to exist. So narcissists are very, very, very perceptive about working out who has light, who has light, who doesn't have light. It's a very, very unusual thing for a narcissist to get with another narcissist. You know, it's, it's almost an impossibility because there's not totally that light... So, sorry, Del? Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I was just bumping in, just saying totally agree with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've actually yeah. come across that a couple of times, that there's other agendas and things going on in there. It's, it's, you know, it's not the normal thing a narcissist does. So a narcissist is going to pick somebody of light, and light is somebody that is a loving, giving person. Now, the thing is, too... There's differences between people in light that are actually aligned and people in light that are non-aligned and that very much went back to our show about the empaths is that, and we can all attest to this, the people that are good people and most codependents are very good people. We like to do the right thing. We don't want to be thought of as bad. We've got an overactive conscience in many ways and it can actually almost or can go to a martyr complex. I actually care about others more than I care about myself. Now, when we were brought up, you know, and I know from my mother's generation, my mother's generation was you give and you give and you give until it hurts and that makes you a good person. And that was very much the way most women have been set up from our mothers, from the women before us, that... To be a good person, you've got to give and give and give and give and give and give. Now, you've got a conscience. You do that. It's the right thing to do and everything, but it may be to your detriment. Whereas a, people, a person in light that has done self-development and self-actualization, which is what my son calls it, when you've actually actualized your true self, you actually know that that's detrimental to you and it can actually be detrimental to people in your environment because it enables them to not grow, to not find their own light, to not grow up and not become self-actualized themselves. But this is the thing that is so much of this psychic phenomena and it is a psychic phenomena. It's an energetic phenomena. Nothing in narcissistic abuse and the way you feel actually makes sense logically because logically you'd be standing back saying well this person did the most atrocious disgusting things to me that I could ever imagine but yet I still feel connected I still feel like I love this person I still feel like I want them in my life I feel like I can't let go and I actually feel like if I'm going to let go I'm going to die Nance, did you go through that? Did you feel it oh, at that sort of definitely. level? Most, 
and 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 that's that's the one thing that I couldn't reconcile is how how could I feel like that? It didn't matter. Like I'd actually moved out, but I still kept letting him, you know, back in, and I I couldn't understand why all the terrible things he'd done to me. Why do, why I'd even consider it, let alone you know actually do it. And it was um, it just absolutely made no sense to me that I could not break that bond that was there. Um, yeah. yeah, it was absolutely amazing. But another thing, like, like, you know, going back over what sort of people these good people are and talking about, you know, that, that, that deeper level, I mean, the people that are usually that um, the narcissist is attracted to, they're usually very artistic, they're very creative. Um, they get... They, and I believe that that's where the healers come from, you know, much like yourself, yeah. Um, yeah. all of that Just sort of thing. Like they they, they are the, who are the like real people. Spiritual. Yes, and they usually are spiritual, whether they actually understand that they are or not. And you know, right. that, because that's just, that's just, a, and they tend to view the world in a very holistic fashion. So, Correct. You know, and and I've actually seen even with the with I've even been told by narcissists that you have an essence that not very many people have. And I could yeah. never. I'd, I'd always ask, what what is this thing that you're talking about? What you know, what is it? But I I didn't understand that that what it was is, is it came from the empathy side, and they just didn't have it themselves. So yeah. in some of us, it's very very obvious that we are like that, and we are just like we're we're just like a, a roast dinner to a narcissist. It's like yeah, I'll have that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, it's think the that, muscle of life. It is, and it is, and it's 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 just a big, you know, just zero straight in on it. So that's that's like, you know, we can always sit sit around and say, why me? Why did this happen to me? But that is why. That is yeah. why that they yeah. they are attracted. And and they, yeah. you know, people that are that are like that are creative and artistic. They don't need other people to to generate their own energy because they do it internally. But because yeah. and because the narcissist knows that he simply feeds on it and it all gets transferred to him and the and the victim is left em- an empty shell and that's exactly where we all end up. That's right, and that's you know really what I want to talk about in this show too is about you know if we are beings of light and we get with a narcissist, why do we end up feeling that complete? spiral into darkness and devastation and I have no life source I can't continue I can't live I can't even exist you know why does that happen to us and I think the real reason is is that we've come in with this light or this conscience or this empathy or this ability to give and be a good person but what we've done is we've actually been disempowered with it We've done what the typical codependent, empath, over-functioning, martyr-type person does is we've actually come in with it with a belief that we're not worthy, that we're not worthy. Other people are worthy, but we're not worthy. So what we've done is we have not been connected to our own worthiness. We've been connected to service and giving and all of that sort of stuff, that we haven't believed that we deserve to be worthy. 
So what happens is this does make us a real sitting duck for the narcissist because the narcissist will come along and they're very, very perceptive. They're highly intuitive psychic beings. Now, anyone that's been really enmeshed with a narcissist knows that. They know, you know that as soon as you start getting your power back, they contact you. They feel when they can feed and pull your energy and they can feel when you take your energy back. Because you've got to remember the narcissistic, and this is no judgment, this is just energetically what a narcissist is. A narcissist is an energy vampire. He has to suck energy to survive. Now the really freaky thing about that is the narcissist doesn't even have to see you or even have contact with you. If you are sitting agonizing about the narcissist and feeling obsessed, he is sucking your light regardless of whether or not you're within 3,000 kilometers of him because energy has no space-time limitation there is nothing physical, tangible about energy. We're all connected. Energy just is in no space-time. It just is all that is. So none of that makes any, any difference. So whether or not you're crying down the phone or you're crying in your bed, he is sucking your life or she is sucking your light if you're male or, or she, she or he, he if you're in a homosexual relationship with a narcissist. You know, this is not gender specific. So and you we've know, got to right, have a look at this there. and we've got to look, yeah, look at... So what's happening here is if you are not connected to your own light, so even though you, can, you are a being of light and you just are and you're giving and giving and giving, if you're not connected to the source to yourself and the source to yourself is if I'm at one with myself, I'm at one with life. And I'm at, if I'm at one with life, I'm at one with myself. And that's acceptance and unconditional love. And that is, I am worthy because I am love, source, creation, all that is. I cannot not be what I am. So it's ultimate reality truth about true self, self-actualization that gives you that connection to the truth. You are worthy, you are love, you are creation, you are all that is. And that's actually your natural state. But what happened is through the eons, and it's been very, very sad, is that we have been brought up to believe through the generations we're unworthy, we're no good, we're carnal, at our own devices, we are going to screw it up, and we are tainted. We were led to believe that, that we were not source, love, creation, all that is. So what's happened is we've had inherent unworthiness. So we've never really loved, believed in, or really connected to ourselves at that level. So that's left us as a race, as a society, as a species, it's left us very, very susceptible for somebody come in, start stealing our light, and we can easily be sucked into and hooked into the stuff which is I'm unworthy and I'm going to try and prove I'm worthy. I actually fear I'm unworthy. Now you're starting to play these little mind tricks and these things with me that become huge, big abusive things as we know. But because of that, 
I'm in, you know, I'm dying inside. You don't believe I'm worthy. You don't believe I'm worthy. Let me try and show you I'm worthy. Let me try and show you I'm worthy. Because we didn't know our own worthiness. Because if we knew our own worthiness, we would say, you know what, I know who I am. I know I'm a great person. I know what I stand for. And really, your behavior is outrageous and it's not my truth. You are not my reality. Not because I don't care but because I can see it for what it is and ultimately I love myself and I'm going to put my love and my energy where it is productive for everybody involved because this is incredibly destructive. And we know that when we're trying to prove our worthiness to a narcissist, we're trying to help him or her, we're trying to fix their life for him or her, we don't help anything. Everything escalates to an incredible disaster this black pit that is the very opposite of light that not only sucks us into it, it also sucks everybody and everything down in our environment to it. Our kids get damaged, our families get damaged, our friends get damaged, our work colleagues get damaged. Everything gets damaged. So there's no light going on. So if we're not anchored in our own light of self-love and self-worthiness, we are very, very susceptible to handing our light over and being very, very susceptible to emotional energy vampires, which is what narcissism is. So I'll, I'm going to have a little break and you can take over next. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you made a very good point there earlier, is, is that feeling that as soon as you're trying to get your... You, you know, you, you're starting to get yourself back together and starting to get, you know, heal and whatever and feeling a bit better. The, the narcissist, wherever he is, seems to know. It just seems to know. And it was a phenomenon that you came across on the forums. And a lot of the girls, you know, they'd be just getting, I'm just feeling a bit better. And then he calls or then he does this or then he does that. And they do because... because some, somehow they just know that there's supply to yes. be had. Now, if you're sick in hospital, somebody else is dying and you're trying to support them or something, the narcissist disappears because he's got nothing to gain by being with you because your attention is elsewhere. Or if, if you're so sick, you know, you've actually, your sickness is being brought on by the sustained abuse, you, you're to a place where you know you can't even get out of bed. The narcissist does not want to know you. As soon as you get back on your feet and as soon as you start going forward again, there he is again, or her, or whatever the case may be. But it is That's some so really tricky little phenomenon that you see time and time again that it always happens. So Nancy, the amount of time, the, the amount yeah. of times I've been with a client doing a quantum freedom healing session where we're disconnecting and their phone goes off straight after we do it. Yep. It is I would believe that. And they may not have heard from him for days, weeks, months, and even 18 months, 18, you yeah. know, two years, and bang, she disconnects comes back to her true self-alignment where he is not the reality and he feels it at the other end of that energy exchange and goes, oh my God, my life force has been cut. I better go back and try and get it. I've got to get it. You know, but that's why narcissists, what happens with them is, you know, and they do that big recycling thing 
you know, narcissists like to keep exes in the loop and they like to keep a lot of sources of supply. So it's like, you know, it's like a pot smoker that will keep five or six dealers running at the same time just in case, you know, two or three or four of them might run out of, of marijuana. A narcissist hmm. is exactly the same. He'll have his set up supplies and what narcissists will do is if they're low on supply, which is often, so let's say a narcissist has been out in the world and he's been getting lots of supply or she, and then he or she comes home that night left alone, can't drown it in booze or drugs or, you know, is left with their own empty shell. The narcissist starts panicking, needs supply. So the narcissist will ring around, will do the rounds. Who's there? Who's the supply? Who can I suck and feed from? Who can I get energy from? And, you know, energy for the narcissist, and we've talked about this a million times, you know, is either how wonderful you are, how incredible you are, you know, how sexy you are or whatever, whatever, or I can dement you to the point where I know you're nearly suicidal and, gosh, that makes me feel important. You know, you are so brokenhearted and devastated over me that gives me A-grade narcissistic supply to believe that I am such a god that I can affect you and cripple your life in that way. So if a narcissist hooks back into some exes, you know, sends them, and they know how to push the buttons. They know with every single person that they're getting supply from, they know their weak points. They know their weak links. They know how to get a reaction. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. They know how to get a reaction. So they're going to go for that weak link to get that reaction, to say that one thing that is either going to disarm that person and go, oh, my God, I love him or her. Oh, my God, maybe there's a chance. Or, you know, I've hit the abuse button on you that I know is going to make you come at me distressed, distraught, angry, whichever thing it is that I know is going to send you off to get supply. So they'll do the rounds. So there'll be narcissists. And I have worked with narcissists that admit this, that there'll be a night when they're low on supply and before they know it, they've got six lots of text messages going on with people that they've got hooked, getting tons of supply for the next three or four hours before it's time for them to go to sleep. And then when it's time for them to go to sleep, it's like, see you later, everybody, discard, turn the phone off, you know, and then they'll wake up in the morning and there's like a hundred missed calls from all the people that they've demented that are trying to get on, keep the conversation going. It's insane. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what happens. So what happens is when a narcissist is low on supply, and the thing is too, if you've been their main relationship, well, you've been the main source, apart from the outside world that they're running around getting supply from every day, but you are their huge, huge, huge choice of, choice of hookup and supply and all that. They've been getting it from you. So when you start disconnecting, you know, a narcissist panics and they feel it. They instantaneously feel it no matter where they are in the world. And it's just such, nobody could ever convince me after through living through this and through working with people with it energetically 
nobody could ever convince me that this is not a psychic energetic phenomenon of light and dark. And I was the same. I, I think, especially starting to heal from it, and what was what was happening after that, it was it was all all the same. And I I couldn't be convinced that there wasn't a psychic connection going on there. And it was it was really a it was it, it was a battle actually for a while. <laughs> you know, you just felt like you know it w- was like a war that just being able a to yeah yeah. Being able to pull yourself back and say, "No, sorry, I am, I am mine. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not for you." So I've yeah. known quantum freedom shifts with so many women about he owns me, he has taken over my energy. You know, when you start digging into feeling that enmeshment, and they feel it in their body, and then you go drop into it, become at one with it, and tell me what the thoughts or feelings are. You know, he owns me that I can't live without him. He is my energy source. Because what they actually do with your light, because you're not connected properly to your own source of light, even though you are light, that's the whole deal. When you're true self and you come home to your full true connection of worthiness, self-love, self-acceptance, you are not vulnerable to a narcissist because you cannot be pulled off that into their reality. So that's what the whole healing is about is detaching from the narcissistic reality and coming home to your true reality, then you're not a match. They cannot, cannot touch your energy. And when you even think about them, you go, oh, that's just not my reality. It's just, it's, it's like it's a completely foreign thing. It's like another language. It's like something I don't even connect to. I can't. It's just not me, you know. And then you're healed. But before that, what happens is the narcissistic phenomena they actually energetically pull you into their energy space because they're sucking you dry. They really are. And you come up with a phenomenon within yourself, and it is a total illusion, that he, she is my source of everything. They become your source of light in um, inverted commas, you know, in, in quotation marks. And it's actually... That's a complete illusion. You're actually being sucked into a black pit and being sucked dry. But the illusion is he, she is my source of everything. So what's happened to you through the enmeshment is you actually believe, feel in every cell in your body that if you disconnect from the narcissist, you're going to die. You can't live. You think they're your source of life. And... It's just so not that. But that is no, how because it's in real. reality it's actually quite the opposite. It's the narcissist needs you for for that yes. source of source of energy, and it and it, and it feels so the opposite way. That that you know, it, it? It's, in the beginning, it's so hard to get your head around. That um, well, that's the intense projection because everything gets put back to front and turned inside right. out, and it's actually. What is going on for the narcissist becomes your reality. So what happens is the projection. So you know how. Everybody knows how when you're with a narcissist. They accuse you of everything they are. You know, yes, they tell right, you yes. you're a liar, you're a cheater, you're this, you're that. They, they, 
they actually look from inside them because they cannot come to terms with their inner torment. They can't own it. That's why they're never accountable. They never take responsibility. So they line you up and they make you their disowned parts. So what happens is they project all of their ink, that black ink, onto you. And what happens is you end up feeling like a narcissist feels like every day. That black, empty, tormented, demented void. That's who you become. Now the difference is you've got a conscience. You're a good person. You are not going to run around with discussing agendas in your head twisting and turning people to suck light out of them to keep yourself alive. Good people don't do that. They can't even get their head around doing that. So what happens is, is you're broken and crippled in a corner, dying on the inside in this black void, this black pit. You know, that's the narcissistic black void, black pit. Whereas he, she is forcing themselves to get up, get their dress on, get their suit on, get their makeup on, Get out there, put on the front the charm, the, the, the manipulations, the lies, the delusions to suck energy back. You're not going to do that. So that's why you're dying and it looks like the narcissist isn't running around because he's running around getting supply. But we do become that black, that ink. Because what's happening is as he's sucking out your light and sucking and sucking, and none of it holds for the narcissist, you know, it's only, it's a junkie hit. It's a hit of a drug that wears off very quickly and he needs another hit and another hit and another hit. Because, you know, it's like a drug addict. A drug addict cannot sustain their own peace and good emotions by getting it artificially. The narcissist is doing exactly the same. So the more he's doing that to you and pulling him into the void of he is your supply of everything, you are disconnected from source. You're disconnected from light. Your light is draining out and you are getting more and more and more pulled away from your true self-function and more into the narcissistic reality and it leads to death. It literally leads to death. And what, general, and what I mean by that is I mean it leads to emotional death and often it leads to mortality because I really do believe that the suicide rate on this planet, and, and they've never worked this out properly, you know, it's down to alcohol abuse or depression or, or, or whatever or whatever, whatever, but so much of it is to do with being pulled out of true self-function, being drained of light by a narcissist because you are going to die. There's no other way you can go. But what will happen in this is the narcissist, when people completely crack and break, when they're institutionalized, where there's no more to get, where that person has had a complete psychotic breakdown, the narcissist leaves. There's no more light to get. Done. Finished. So the corpse gets thrown to the side and then the narcissist will go on to the next and the next and the next and the next. Which is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, and at that stage, the, the narcissist appears that he's running around having a great time. He's partying, he's out with all these different people, he's buying yeah. things, he's doing things. In reality, I mean, he's actually desperately searching for his next, next source of supply because he is dying without it. And, Absolutely. you know, like, as victims, we sort of watch them do this and say, well, how can they do that when I'm 
they've, they've done all this to me and I'm just left here, you know, this empty shell. And, well, firstly, they do not care because they've got everything they could, could get from you. They've left you an empty husk and go, well, on to the next one. And that's, that's it. That's all they're focused on. So and you were an object for that entity. You know, you were an object. You were you uh, were a means to an end. And that that's right. can feel initially so personal, but it's actually not personal. It's just what narcissists do. They actually can't function in any other way. So it doesn't mean that you're not... And it gets back to, I'm not worthy of being loved. That's what keeps us in the game. You know, I want you to love me. I want to prove myself to you. I want to win your love. I feel unlovable. I'm unworthy of love. The reason they got us in the first place is because we didn't believe we were worthy. It's the, it exactly. comes back to the whole same thing. And it isn't personal because when you heal it and you understand it and you become that source of light to yourself that you then share with the world authentically and receive the authentic article back because you can only ever receive from life what you are to yourself because it's pure law of attraction like it, like attracts like. It's that simple. So when you're not that, when you haven't established your own true authentic worthiness, when you haven't realized you are source, light, love and all that is and act appropriately and be that, you cannot do that unless you be it. You can't do anything unless you are the being of it. And when you're the being of it, then you will not do narcissistic abuse. You won't attract them. You won't try to prove your worthiness to them. When you are worthy, you have nothing to prove. You are who you are and you respect and love who you are. And when you respect and love who you are, you don't allow people to rip your light out and go down into a big black spiral. It just doesn't happen. And that's yeah. the thing. It's the, it's, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the energetic understanding that really, you know, because, and it is difficult as an energetic healer because a lot of people say, you know, and they'll, they'll uh, email me and they'll go, well, what do I do? What do I do? You know, what do I do? But really what they're wanting to say is, well, how do I get him to love me? How do I change myself enough so he will? How do I hang in there? How do I make this work? How do I do this? How do I do that? And, you know, and I just really want to scream out, come home to your true self, you know, because that really is the truth about all of this. It's the fundamental absolute truth that when you are that source to yourself and that light to yourself, abuse is not your reality. It cannot be your reality. No, so, yeah. So have you got anything to add to that, Nance? Um, not really. I, yeah, I think you sort of covered everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm really passionate about this stuff. Yeah, you know, no. I, I, I really, really am. And, you know, look, this was a huge thing for me because I'd always been spiritual and I'd always been into metaphysics and law of attraction and... And I guess for me, my whole life had been, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more. You know, it's like we look at life and we look at the surface and what plays out. And I think from a very young age, I'd always thought that there's just got to be more than what, you know, what we see, what's on the surface of all of this. Certainly, and, yeah. 
But, but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of one of those people. I always thought like that anyway, but I didn't sort of realise yeah. that. And I think one of the things about being being an empath or being, you know, like highly, you know, sensitive and intuitive and that sort of stuff is we don't actually um, comprehend that, that a lot of people aren't like that at all. So it's yeah. kind of like we, we just make, we make too many assumptions, I suppose, that deep down everybody is like us. And that you know, that's one of the biggest traps you ever get into into with a narcissist because you, you can fill yourself with all this self-talk like, oh, well, they're not really in touch with their feelings, but that's okay because you believe those feelings are there somewhere. They have to be, yes. as far as we're concerned. Yes. So it's it's this whole idea of making these assumptions, and everybody is like us. We're really the, <laughs> a narcissist has got to be your complete opposite really, to an empath. They're, they're the extremes of the, of the same bell curve, I think. Absolutely, and empaths make excuses. That's, you know, it's not a healthy thing to just see the best in everybody. And we can argue it's a really beautiful trait, but it's not facing reality. And the thing is no, true not. that when we... Yeah, and it's not about judgment. That's where we get it wrong, because... A true empath goes, well, if I see the bad in somebody, that makes me feel distraught. I can't accept that. I don't want to think that people are bad and, you know, and all of this horror that comes with it. But when you're a conscious being, you can observe life and others and you can actually see the perfection in it. You can actually say, okay, well, that person is really unconscious, they're really in their ego, they're really narcissistic. But when you get the bigger picture understanding, and it's very, very quantum physics, is duality. And duality is very, very important. And duality, you cannot know up unless you know down. You cannot know hot unless you know cold. You cannot know good unless you know bad. And for us, I think, you know... Sorry, but that, that, you know that that is that is really the big big lesson in all of this, especially with empaths when when they know that they're good people, but they didn't appreciate who they were until they came face to face with a narcissist, and it's only then that you turn around and go, well, hey, you know, okay, I do have these good qualities. Why am I just squandering them and giving them away on people that really don't deserve them? So. It's, That's right. There's no there's no way of appreciating who you are until you come face to face with with its opposite, and then you go, oh wow. That's right. That's right. And then the trick is not to judge it. The trick is to really and, and this is light. Light is acceptance, and the acceptance. If we want to be beings of light, it's acceptance. You're at on your journey exactly where you need to be right now, and. We could all, I used to get really devastated thinking about my ex-narcissist who I still get bits of information back through. It's amazing how the world's a very small place. It's yes, really it is, isn't amazing. it? <laughs> oh, it's just fascinating. You know, and yeah. actually I heard some information only a week ago which is exactly the same deal, destroying people's yeah. lives on a commercial and on a personal level. And, you know, he's a loose cannon and he's just a horrific you know, example of all of that. But my level of acceptance with all of that is there is not one person in his experience, commercially or personally, that does not need to heal boundaries 
that has gravitated into his space and had these experiences with him. Everything happens for a reason. Everything has a perfect design. So I used to be like really terrorized about, oh my God, he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And that was when I hadn't recovered from what he'd done to me. And I was still in judgment and I wanted, you know, vengeance and all that sort of stuff. But the, all of this acceptance now is, I know that every single person that crosses his path that has had disasters and pain and rip-off, these people need to heal their boundaries, their self-worth and their self-deservedness. Otherwise, it would never have happened to them. So he's actually offering them an incredible gift. And the gift that I got from the experience, I am so grateful for. That man was the biggest healing agent in my life. And I'm eternally grateful for that because if it hadn't have been for that, I would never have got to where I have within me as a human being. And, you know, and that doesn't mean that and see, this is where we get all confused as human beings. We think that if we're ever grateful to an abuser, that we're saying it's okay, you know, that's and that's right. all right. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's that rationalisation that, yeah, it's not what we're saying at all. That, um, no, no. When you're actually grateful, when you see the bigger picture, the truth sets free. That's a very, very common cliche. But it is, I think it's one of the most powerful cliches on our planet. The truth sets us free. The truth sets us free that these people came into our life so that we could come home to our true self where they were no longer our reality. They gave us back to ourselves if we get that and if we work at that and if we make that our biggest mission is to make this, make what happened worth something make it mean something, realize the reason for it and grab that reason with two hands. And when you're grateful when somebody did that to you, there's no pain, there's no nothing. There's, I'm just grateful, it is what it is. But there, there's no hold, there's no pain, there's no enmeshment, there's no psychic connection, there's no stealing my energy. There's none of that. And, and the thing is, I mean, you know, like, like when you talk about being set free, and, you know, I even remember that I, back when I first started my healings, I, I, I knew it was there, and I knew I was going to take, take, take me a while to get there, but, it, you know, I, I could suddenly see it. But it's not, it's not freedom from the narcissist. It's actually freedom from narcissism itself, and anything even within yes. you that was... You know, it's it's even your own anxieties and insecurities. They're the things that are brought to the surface, and then you can look at them and go, "Hey, let's have a look at this and see what it is, and let it go." And and the freedom is is very it it, it it's probably doesn't even describe it well enough. That um, oh, I'm free as a narcissist. No, you're actually free from much much more than that once you go through that healing. That. Um, well, like, like we say, you come home to yourself and uh, I, I don't think you can sort of understand what that is until you do it. Would that's you say right, that? Because, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's so true, Nance. You you, you, you can't. You know, it, it's hard to... You may feel a little, oh, tensy bit of what it means, but it's like yeah. until you do it, you can't. You, you, you can't. You know, I remember 
you know, back at the times of complete devastation. And I remember, you know, and I was struggling to access, you know, the right help and bit by bit I was I was finding it and then, you know, I really sort of clicked into channeling what was needed and how to do it. But I remember I'd gone for a reading with this woman and she said to me, you can't even see it yet, you don't even know what I mean, but one day you will know that this has been the greatest gift in your life. And I looked at her like she was an alien. In fact, I wanted to read yeah. her off. Yeah, yeah, I can just imagine because I you would have done the same thing. Yeah. So I can yeah. yeah so I can really empathise with people out there that are going. What are these two lunatics talking about? How can you, how can you, um, dismiss my experience in such a callous way? And I promise yeah. you that yeah, we're not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're going to actually get more out of this in the long run. Yeah. How could you? How could you say that? How could you say that? That. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the early stages. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, the, the very early stages of even coming to, coming out of denial, I think, is is probably one of the most difficult stages too. Because I remember in a, at a certain stage, I was, I knew, I knew everything I was watching and seeing, and everything that was going on was narcissism. And I actually, at one point, wished I had never heard the term narcissism. Because then I could deny it, but because what I because it kept coming up and I kept seeing it, and I thought uh, I had I actually had to face it, and in reality I didn't want to at that point. Yeah. I just didn't want to know, and I thought, God, I'd wish nobody had ever figured this out. <laughs> I'd wish I'd never heard of it, because <laughs> then I could just go back to being in my little little I don't know shells. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I agree, and. I mean, I personally don't relate to that because I was just so, you know, angry and demented. I wanted to label him with everything, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I was still hooked and I was still trying to fix him. But I do know <laughs> that there have been so many people that, you know, they've they've actually um, read my free e-books about narcissism and then they've come back and they've gone, this is, you know, look, I know it's true and you're describing my life, but, oh, my God, this I, I can't accept this. This is really, you know, it's... Mm. And it is. It all gets back to acceptance. It all it all gets back to, you know. I love. Um, I mean, I love conversations with God and Neil Donald Walsh's take on so much stuff. And I love the whole stuff about, you know, acceptance versus resistance and stop judging and and just accept. You know, accept mm. it is what it is. Truth sets you free. And you know, his highest level of acceptance is really that it is what it is and there's no victims, there's no villains, it just is what it is. And when you can start accepting and flowing that it is what it is and what the higher purpose of everything is about, you start flowing into your healing, into your truth. You get set free into being the person and creating the experiences that you want to create. So, and I had um, a client that I'd worked with probably a couple of years ago and then she'd come forward and it was it was interesting. She came forward because it was one of my newsletters that went out and it hit a trigger for her. And she came forward and she said, look, you know, I don't like it this way or that way. And I thought, whoa, you know, this is two years down the track and I can see you're still really antsy about the word narcissist. You're still really in judgment. You're still really not, you know, you haven't settled into the flow of truth here. And, you know, sure enough, we had a bit of a conversation and, where she was at and recovery had been slow and she'd been self-medicating and keeping busy and friends around her all the time and really 
there was, the, the authentic recovery wasn't there. You know, and she'd had enough. She'd been breaking down over these two years trying to hold it together through uh, her logical mind without going into the acceptance and the deeper truths about what this was really about. So anyway, this lady has now started the journey properly. She's now doing the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program. She's now getting great results because she's ready to go, you know what, I don't want to keep this resistance and this fear going. I just want to start flowing with my truth and my healing. And it's working now. So it can really be a timing thing too, but it can also be a decision. It can be really a decision. And I think if we look back at our lives, even before the narcissist, I am really yet to find people that have just, everything's been happy, wonderful, perfect in their life and they haven't had issues and then all of a sudden the narcissist walks in. It doesn't work like that. It really works yeah. like we've had a lot of stuff in our life and mainly around love and self-acceptance where it hasn't been easy, it hasn't been going right. We've had problems in being alone or we've had problems in relationships or we've had problems in accepting being loved by people that were loving partners. So we've had our issues already and then the narcissist comes in and of course is the crescendo experience that brings us to our knees. So, you know, we can keep denying and try to stay in our head and try and keep ourselves safe and don't want to accept things and don't want to face things, but that's not what this experience is about. This experience is really, really about saying, well, what has happened here? Why has this happened to me? What's the reason? What's the purpose in this? And the purpose really is, is to simplify it, is to become the light, the person that you are authentically. And then authentically, you're going to create more of that in your life. You're not going to have dark beings coming into your light, stealing your light, which they can only do if you're not anchored in your own worthiness. They can't do it otherwise. That's not... So it's pretty dangerous to be a being in light not connected properly. And being codependent with poor boundary function or over-functioning or in martyrdom because you are going to be a target. And why are you a target? Because you're meant to have that light for yourself and then spread it out to others. It's meant to be authentically through you and of you and being you. And then the world's going to change. It, it really, really is. Because if people did that and anchored back to that really true self-state, narcissists would have nothing to chip into. They'd have nothing to uh, go... There'd be no gaps to go for. It just wouldn't work. And then narcissism wouldn't exist. And that is the cure for narcissism. Because you cannot cure the narcissist. You absolutely can't. We can only cure ourselves and cure our world and then narcissism isn't going to be a part of our reality. And, you know, on a micro right. and a macro right. level. And that's and I believe for every empath that makes it out the other side, you know, this counteracts narcissism probably by about 10 to 1. If you've got a... I would agree. You know, if you if you've got a, a, a somebody that was probably a codependent that becomes anchored in their own true self, I mean that person, what they're capable of after that would blow yeah ten narcissists out of the water in our society. So, you know, not for every narcissist out there, there is an empire. 
It says that the empires are getting destroyed, but if we can turn that around, it will change the world, I believe. Oh, absolutely. And then the future generations, you know, because people that are anchored in light are not going to breed narcissists and codependents. You know, and what would happen is that it would actually die out. That generational pattern would stop happening. And there'd be a completely different reality being born here. So, so yeah, so thanks, man, for that. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. Yep, thanks again for having me. And um, until next time, and goodbye to all the listeners out there. I hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, thanks, man. And we'll um we'll be thinking about topic for next month. I'm sure yep. we'll think of something. Yeah, I've sort of got an idea. There's a bit of an extension on this. I'll send you send you an email. <laughs> Fantastic! I look forward to that, love. That will be really, really lovely. Thank you. Okay, See you next. Goodbye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. And um, and please know that you can find me and my resources at melanietoniaevans.com. Excuse me. And you'll find my contact details. You can send me an email. And also, too... Excuse me, I just had some air go down the wrong way. Uh, If you are wanting to heal from... (coughs) I will get it out in a moment. If you're wanting to heal from narcissistic abuse, absolutely go to my site and you can look under healing resources and you'll see lots of things there. And um, and thank you everybody who was in the chat room today. And I hope that's helped and I hope you enjoyed the episode. And that's it for me. And much love and I'll be seeing you here again next week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.